Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Coming soon to iOS and Android. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. Happy holidays to you. So in this episode of the Swirl Suite, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about the best of 2019. So I had two different conversations that I recorded. I recorded one conversation with Tanisha and Leslie. And I recorded another conversation with mixologist Melissa. You can go back to her previous episodes and listen to um, what she's all about. But I asked a bunch of interesting questions and um, we just talked about things that we liked this year. And it was really cool. So the editing might be a little off. I'm still very new at it. So let me know your thoughts and um, feel free to tweet me, Instagram, send a dm email us on what the best of your 2019 was cheers and i hope you enjoy the show <laughs> leslie freelo vino 301 in the house <laughs> merry merry christmas we can merry say that on this christmas. show right we won't get in trouble oh, for saying merry christmas it. merry christmas <laughs> yes of course <laughs> what are we supposed to say Happy holidays. Girl, Happy uh, holidays. I, mean, I say that too, but in addition, I, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. There you go. Absolutely. Happy holidays to Jesus. How about that? <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> right. Happy birthday, Christ. All right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Baby Jesus. <laughs> Leslie, how you doing? I am good. I am good. How are you guys doing? I'm all right. Good. I am all right. Do you know Christmas is next week? Somebody just reminded me of that today. Yeah. Next it's, week? It's, oh it's, my it's God. next week. Oh yeah. my God. Okay. Yeah. I got to get my Amazon stuff together. I got to do that tomorrow. Uh, you haven't done it yet? We just talked about this. We did. And nothing <laughs> has happened. Not one thing. <laughs> Not one thing at time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought I had another week. <laughs> I did not what exactly do you have to do? Well, I'm not doing anything this year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> like, what you got to do? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I usually like go all out for Christmas, but I am moving, and <gasps> oh I have God. to be out of my house on December 28th. So oh, well, no, you're not doing nothing. Yeah. So if um, anybody's listening and they have some boxes they want to give me, <laughs> I am um, because I now stock the dollar store and big lots because mm-hmm. they have the best boxes and they put them out front. So you don't have to go inside and ask for the boxes. <laughs> you can just go do some dumpster diving in front of the building. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Are you still going to be in the same area? Um, very close. Still okay. in um, 
Pretty Girl County. Oh, I still sure. will be <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, yeah. This is the new chapter in my life. I love it. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. A That's chapter in humility. Yes. Mm. Okay. Yep. Okay. And it's cool that you're moving like at the end of December. It's like, all right. Cool. You're going to start your new year. Start right. your new year in a new place. It's like yeah. mm-hmm. in the beginning. You get some clarity. You mm-hmm. have like a whole like, you know, you got to burn sage around the whole place. Throw some yeah. oils on all the, you know, doors. Um, well, oh, so the the part that um you don't know, Tanisha, is I don't have a place to go. I have no home. Like Richard Gere, I have no place to go. <laughs> so, okay. so, um, I um, I am moving in with my brother, and I've given myself six months to find a place. But the grant I've shared this with um Sarita. The grand plan is to have the tasting room by Vino 301. And so wherever that location is, then I will find a home near the establishment. So that's why I'm giving myself time to find the new home for Vino 301. And then I will find a home for Leslie Freelo. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Those are major moves. Yeah. And if you say you're going to do it, then it's going to be done. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. I mean, it's being recorded. You're putting it into I know. existence. I'm, it is like, in existence. Yeah. So. I was going to ask you a second ago, like, you know we record. Are you sure you want to say it? Yeah. Yes. So that is, that is what I am committing to. And it is very sobering. Mm, all right. So sure. hold her accountable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do it. She even asked us for updates. We'll let you know. She don't. Yes, exactly. Right. (laughs) Like, why are you still sleeping in your brother's basement? Uh, (laughs) And you'd be like, because it's comfortable. And he can't. Exactly. There's a fireplace down here. And it is. So, um, but yeah. (laughs) Well, that's because y'all fancy. Oh, my gosh. I know how y'all blacks feel in that. Yes. Man, I really hate moving. I don't oh hate God. that I'm I'm doing something different or I'm moving to a new place. I hate the whole process. No, the actual hate, physical activity. I hate packing. I hate everything. Yes. yes. It is like modern day hazing, quite yes. honestly. <laughs> that is what that is what moving and selling a house is, is modern day hazing because they literally have you by the balls and you committed like you were all the way in you can't you probably signed some of that paperwork you can't be like no I don't want to sell my house anymore because then they're like okay we'll just sue you so you have to go through the process yeah mm-hmm. oh my yeah. gosh man so you're selling your house moving to your your brother's house meanwhile mm-hmm. still holding up you know 301 and your full-time job is that what you're telling yes. me yes wow. yes Yes. Yeah. Well, it's not a lot at all. Just you, you can add two more things to that. Go ahead. Right. Right. I mean, really, I could oh like, gosh. I could, you know. I mean, you don't need sleep. What's that about? But really, really, like, yeah, <laughs> I could be in the impeachment hearings too. Just getting that done. Right. Just go do that. Right. Sign some paperwork. Go do that. Oh my gosh. Wow. 
swear in and say some words. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do y'all get up to? Girl, I mean, after all that, you said I nothing, nothing. Right, that actually made me. I got tired. nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to take a nap after just hearing that. So I can't imagine what it's like to live it all the time. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, woo, girl, that's gonna be so rewarding. It is. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I told is. um. So I have an accountability partner, and we talk twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I told her. Like I, I feel the metamorphosis, mm-hmm. and um, and, You're and be I, a I, I'm going to be a butterfly, <laughs> and I feel like I feel the pressure, the mental pressure on myself, and my points of weakness, like I've never felt in my in my lifetime before, and I told her, but I want to remember it as challenging as this is like I put mm-hmm. myself in this position it's not like anybody else but as challenging as it is I want to remember the process of rebuilding myself mm-hmm. so I can use that going forward and it. be a better me and I know it sounds crazy but I just think that there are things that happen to you intentionally mm-hmm. so you are able to be a better person and and be a better person to the people in your lives. And so and so as much as this is self-imposed craziness that I've put on myself, I think there's a reason why these decisions I was led to these decisions. If that makes any sense. No, it makes total sense. Yeah, perfect sense. For sure. It does. Man, we got deep. Woo. Right, we got deep for like those right, questions. Like the, my last, my last three questions for y'all. I mean, Leslie just tackled them, but mm. right. Well, and then we're done. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Merry that Christmas, Happy New Year. <laughs> no, I wanted this uh, episode to be very casual, but I wanted to talk about like the best of 2019. Um. And this can be, I, I don't know how this conversation is going to go. It may be um, wine related. It may not be. It is what it is. Um, but my first question was, where did you drink the best wine? This right, year? My house. <laughs> <laughs> my apartment. Ooh, that's a good question. Sarita, where did you drink the best wine? Okay, so there were two places. There were two places that have always, I've always been aware of, but they were really prominent this year, but Uh it was Wardman's Wines um, in Brooklyn. And um, I didn't join their wine club or anything, but for some reason, I was really drawn to it every week. So I go to their weekly tastings and Uh buy up so much wine. They got so much money for me. But the thing is, it took me back to a place where I was learning about wine again. And because I'm physically not in a program, I'm not in a certification or anything like that. I was sort of just sort of drinking here and there and just buying some old faves or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it took me to a place where I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. What's that? That's interesting. Uh And actually having full conversations about learning about new grapes and stuff like that. So Warman's Wine in um, Brooklyn, 
Um, and then the second place was Le Grenier, the French restaurant on 8th Street. Every first Tuesday of the month, they have a free French tasting at the bar. The inside is very Frenchy. You know, it's very pinky up, but relax at the same time. Um, there's a distributor that comes once a month and pours his wine. So they're very knowledgeable about the regions and the grapes and how the wine is made. And again, that took me to a place where I'm sort of learning the details about certain wines again. And um, so those are my two top places. Hmm. I, I can't remember like the best places that I had this year, but I haven't been out exploring as much. But I've had several like great experiences, like going to the um the wine museum in Bordeaux. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely uh, a highlight. Going to Avignon and walking around in Chateau de Cucot, that was an amazing experience for me. Um, touching the stone because they talk about those all the time in any wine class, any wine school you're ever in. They always talk about those stones. And so to be in there and touch them and be like, oh yeah, these are really hot. I understand what y'all meant. That was great. Um, but it was hot, hot. So that was a problem. <laughs> but yeah, those are like moments that stand out to me for the year as far as wine moments. Hey everybody, so this is where I'm going to break and I'm going to ask Melissa a similar question. Uh, my name is Melissa Valentine. I do like to call myself Mixologist Melissa, but that's part of what's ahead for 2020 is going to a cocktail program. But anyway, I like to make liquor infusions. So any sort of base that a person prefers and flavor profiles that they like, I like to um, create new tastes with whatever people prefer and I do it for my friends and family and also for sale <laughs> welcome back to the show thank you glad to meet you <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Melissa first question when and where was your best wine or cocktail experience of 2019 hmm. okay so I'll separate them out okay I do feel they're different so when we went to the wineries, uh, you and I and some friends went to wineries in Charlottesville this fall. And I really enjoyed being at, oh, wait, it's the one, <laughs> it's the one we were out by the fire pit. Oh, that, that one. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Yeah, that was really good. The woman was super personable. I thought the wines were very tasty. I was actually very surprised throughout the whole trip. Um, that I liked the Chardonnay. Really? What that is. I, I didn't know you weren't a fan of Chardonnay. I'm not not a fan, but it just seems kind of like almost like a neutral to me. Like it doesn't excite me. Sure. But I thought that the ones that I tasted there and like at two other places in particular are really good. I was surprised by that. Um, I guess when your first Chardonnay is like Behringer. So the 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 winery that you're referring to is Early Mountain. Okay, yes, yeah, Early Mountain, right? Because mm-hmm. they have a very nice like water bottle. Anyway, so yeah, so, so that was the best wine experience. 
Yeah. Um, in terms of cocktails, I think, um, you know, nothing. Oh, wait. Yes. I was thinking, I was like, nothing stands out, but it does. Before one of my girlfriends left Philadelphia, she got her doctorate. So we were doing, she really loved cocktails. And we went to a bar called Franklin Mortgage. It was like one of the first sort of speakeasy type places in Philly. Mm-hmm. And they had a drink that had a whole egg in it. So, what? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people have egg whites in their drink. But this had the yolk as well. Oh, my God. And it had like overproof rum. And it was the most like velvety textured, delicious, tropical with a hint of spice situation. Oh, I think it had. It had some kind of a pepper in there as well. It was so good. And mm. that was impressive. Um, and then when we went back, when my our other friend was leaving the city, they didn't have any more, it was seasonal. And we asked for it. Like I pulled up the picture on my phone. It was like, these are the ingredients. <laughs> and the guy, was like, <laughs> the guy was like, if we had it, we would make it, but we just don't have all those ingredients. Damn. I was like, but yeah, we were like, oh, search for that egg drink. That's what we call the egg drink. Like I could find out the real name, but that's oh, what it was. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Because mm-hmm. it sounds gross. It sounds disgusting. <laughs> 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 but if you suspend your thoughts that you're drinking something with a whole raw egg in it. Yeah. And you're not like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s. Like <laughs> you will be delighted. Oh, and I'm going to split them up like you did. Mm -hmm. And my best cocktail experience was something really, really simple. Um, Mm -hmm. We have Matchbox here. Do you guys have Matchbox there? Never heard of it. So Matchbox is like a pizza spot. It's very um, neighborhood-y, family-friendly or whatever. And they Mm -hmm. have them in, gosh, I don't know how many DC has, but it's several. It's like a chain that started here. And it's branched out to Maryland and Virginia. Okay. So... um, my uh, homegirl at work, she was just like, I live in downtown Silver Spring and you have to come to my matchbox and try this cocktail. So mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, if I must, I mean, we have matchbox here, but all right. right. So, <laughs> right, right, so right. I go, first of all, I go and I was like, oh yeah, this is nicer. This is, mm-hmm. this is nicer. Mm-hmm. This is nicer. It felt newer. And she said, mm-hmm. girl, the DJ starts at 10. So it's the yeah, DJ that, right, spot. right. They have a whole <laughs> DJ on Friday nights. Anyway, this is what you got to do in the suburbs. Right. So she said, um, you need to order this cocktail. And I was like, all right, cool. So it was a cucumber jalapeno margarita. Mm-hmm. And it was a perfect balance of a cucumber. You had the mm-hmm. spice from the jalapeno. I mean, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. it was so good. But it was simple. Simple. Yeah. I don't know what infused with what. I don't know if they mm-hmm. used infused cucumber liquor or mm-hmm. jalapeno liquor. I don't know how they mm-hmm. made it, but mm-hmm. it was perfect. It yeah, was perfect. I think that's I think that's a good sign, right? Like when your stuff is not that complicated, yeah. but delicious mm-hmm. you gotta get the you gotta get the basics down yeah so yeah that sounds very refreshing it was perfect it was perfect <laughs> um so my next question is where did you have your unforgettable meal in 2019 was it at your mama's house was it at your local pub 
Fancy dancy oh. restaurant. What was most memorable food wise? Two things come to mind. One okay. is I have some friends that live in the neighborhood and they basically have like family dinner almost once a week. Um, and David is a very good cook. And so they feed me and we have a good time and stuff. So I think that just the experience, you know, like the familyness of it. Yeah. Is actually, I do look forward to when we have family dinners. So that's the heartwarming answer. Then the other answer is um, there's a restaurant here in Philly named Soraya. S-U-R-A-Y-A. And it is uh, Mediterranean Turkish, I think. I think it's Turkish. And um, I went with uh, on a date. And we had the tasting menu. And it was delicious because you get so much food for each person. And everything is just like a little present on the plate. Like, mm. you know, when you have like the pomegranate seeds, just the Sprite looking like jewels. And, you know, <laughs> and like the baba ganoush is good, even though like in general, eggplant doesn't appeal to me. And like lamb and curries and all that kind of stuff. So it, that was a very delicious delicious meal i like stuff like that where you can just kind of graze yeah i realize that's more of my my style like a little bit of this a little bit of that yeah yeah let's see for me um i want to take it back to pennsylvania once again (laughs) um (laughs) so on our last night we were at the final winery that we were visiting. No, am I lying? No, it wasn't the final winery. Anyway, it was called Vox Vinetti. So that was the winery that we were at. Again, husband and wife team. Husband mm-hmm. grows grapes. The wife, the wife helps make the wine. Um, mm-hmm. So this was um, like our final like dinner night, like a grand finale kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so he set up um, dinner outdoors for us. And this is his house. So this is outside. His house is on the vineyard. And I don't know, his house was not built in a century, but there is a, so they made some adjustments to the house, but they kept some mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. there was a very large walk-in smoker. So on the, yeah, in the kitchen, which was massive, there mm-hmm. was a walk-in smoker. Just think fireplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that you can um, walk into? Yeah, that you can pretty much walk into. So the fire is at the bottom. And then once you put the fire out, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the place is filled with smoke and you can hang mm-hmm. things over the smoke, you know, where the fire was. And that's yeah, how you yeah, smoke yeah. meats uh-huh. and vegetables and stuff like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. So almost the entire, I don't mm. know, it might have been like five courses was, was smoked. What? And and everything was so good. And they, of course, they paired um, each course with their wines. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think I've tasted anything like that. And it was, it was like a dream. It was. So, it was awesome. uh, okay, follow up question. Uh-huh. What, if you can remember specifically, like what was something that was smoked that was unexpected hmm. that you enjoyed? Um, because. Probably, mm-hmm. um, Oh, no, go ahead. What were you about to say? No, I was just going to say, I mean, that sounds delightful given a person knowing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, smoke stuff, a lot of things, can, like after a while, it sounds like overkill. 
Yeah. So I'm wondering how they balanced it out such that it wasn't. So um, they did, I think this might've been the second or third course. They smoked quail with Mm -hmm. prunes. So yeah. And they tossed it in some Mm -hmm. sauce or something, but Mm -hmm. it was a nice balance. I guess the, the, you know, Mm -hmm. the sugar from the prunes and then Mm -hmm. the smoky Mm -hmm. saltiness in the quail. It was, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was fabulous. Yeah. Oh, and that's why, you know, that restaurant, wait, what's the name of his restaurant? So his name, the, the chef's name is Anthony, Anthony Andario and the restaurant is called Andario. And I'm not sure exactly where it is, mm-hmm. but um, it's in Pennsylvania and you got to make reservations like a month in advance, but mm, yeah, right, but right. it was awesome. All right. So we're going to swing back to the swirl suite and we're going to ask Leslie the same question about food. I I was saying okay two two places. I was in Carlsbad, California, mm-hmm. and um, I was like trying to find um, the local wine bars or what have you. And so I found this wine bar, and right a block away from the wine bar, they had a um, a farmers market, and so the owner. The wine bar was walking around and he had these strawberries and blueberries um, that he had just bought from the farmer's market and he had it like on a plate and cheeses or what have you. And those strawberries taste like strawberries, not like the strawberries that we get here that don't, it was just so ripe and you were, you were like, oh my God, this is what a strawberry is supposed to taste like. So something simple from the farmer's market. And then when we were in New Orleans, um, I was staying at my mom's home, which is in Opelousas, and that's like a three-hour drive from New Orleans. And so one of the things growing up as a kid, we used to get boudin all the time. And and some of the best boudin comes from the gas stations in Louisiana. Really? People in Maryland don't understand eating food from a gas station, but people from the South clearly get like (laughs) getting good catfish or what have you. So on the ride back from New Orleans, I stopped in one of the towns and got the best boudin I have ever had in my lifetime. And it just like invoked memories of childhood or what have you. That's so awesome. yeah, and crackling. I know I sound country as hell, but Buddha and crackling <laughs> <laughs> was delightful. Hey guys, it's me again. The next few questions are going to be Melissa and myself, and then at the very end, we will swing back to the swirl suite. Your favorite scent of this year? What did you wear the most? That's easy, actually, because it's re- it's recent. It's um, our friend Zen in a Jar. I fell like deep in love with the, the um, Shanty scent. Mm. I don't even know. Like prior to that, I was very. And so just for those who don't know, like that is vanilla and sandalwood. And it's mm. a whipped shea butter. And it's so heady and like sexy. It just makes you think of the nighttime as the right time. And like, (laughs) (laughs) but I wear it all day. And actually, (laughs) so it's anytime. (laughs) 
anytime, any place. <laughs> it so, um, yeah, and actually, I think it wasn't until the summer that I actually smelled it, which it seems like it might be a little too heavy for summer, but it's just, it's just so, like, warming. And I've had more people ask me or just state, like, oh, you smell really good without even being up on me, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, for that and I agree and it's just like you know it's like in my robe and in my pillow and stuff right. and I really really like it yeah mm. I mean a lot of I'd never had a scent that I didn't like yeah um uh zen in a jar but that one like went right up to the top of my list I love it yep so my favorite scent is quite recent also mm-hmm. and it's actually my gift from you right so um so guys melissa gifted me um a fragrance and i can make my own scent on this website called waft right and yes it was a whole experience so you log in go to the website and you choose your uh, like your favorite scents so um this my scent is a combination of citrus cardamom fig sandalwood green leaves and flower mm. um and it came out so beautiful it's such a nice balance of my personality mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. yeah, i absolutely love it and so like that my- sounds like warm and not dark in like a negative way but just yeah. like dark but like there's some kind of like stream of light coming in i don't know if it was like the flower mm-hmm. or something else you said that was on the lighter side like yeah. it doesn't sound it sounds like a balanced choice mm-hmm. uh, a balanced list of, of options you know nothing is leaning too heavy in one way or the other yeah it's, it's really, just lovely i love it and shout out to delo because i also <laughs> love his fragrance mm-hmm. <laughs> i have to get so, that yeah xavier delo he um he is a podcaster of Jade NXT and mm-hmm. his fragrance is on sale at Waft. So you can make your own and his is included. And um I love them both. I do. Mm-hmm. I think two small ones I keep in my purse in my bag. Oh nice. Yeah, I love it. Very nice. Very nice. All right. What is your favorite book of this year that you read this year? Two things that well, I would say something that interested me in what I was reading this year because I was making a more concerted effort to read mm-hmm. and to like track what I was reading so that I was aware that I was reading something but um so I read a novel by Jacqueline Woodson called Another Brooklyn and it is described as young adult um but because the protagonists are like teenage black girls and then they kind of grow up and I think that's the theme of my books this year that really stick out to me is kind of like adolescent, teenage black girls because another Brooklyn was beautiful and it was not long at all, but like every word had a purpose, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Um, and it was about friendship and it was just kind of like devastating, but in a really nice kind of like emotional way. And then also I reread The Bluest Eye mm. um, as part of book club. And I don't know, I know that I read it in the past, but I don't know that I read it because mm, yeah. I don't know if that's 
um, the, you know, the benefit of like age and just kind of having a different perspective about what you're yeah. reading. But that book was so good. And the lead in it, the narrator, her name was Claudia. And she was just so badass. Like, just in terms of the way she was interpreting the world around her. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these kind of like ugly things going on and um, the way she's witnessing it and not powering, like she just seemed like a really strong girl. And then finally, I know you asked for one, but there's a few. Oh, no. Go for um, it. Last night, so I went to the Well-Read Black Girl Book Festival in the fall and it was, it was a great time. And one of the panels had Jacqueline Woodson um, and this other author named... Uh, Elizabeth Acovedo and she's Dominican she's from New York and she writes also kind of like young adult and I, I got her audiobook and I started listening to it last night and it's like a three and a half hour listen I literally listened to like two and a half hours last night because I could not stop Mm. listening to it and it's about a girl a Dominican girl who's in Harlem and she's a twin and her mother is super religious but she's got her own path that's not the one that her mom wants her to be on and she's really into poetry and writing and so she kind of discovers her slam poetry and there's like this little love story aspect to it it's just so good and I think that it also needs to I really am glad that I listened to it because it even feels more New York because Mm. the author is narrating it and she's speaking in Spanish and she's got that New York accent and Mm -hmm. she's like, you really feel like it's the girl who's speaking. Yeah. So that one is called The Poet X and it's so good. It's so good. So now I want to read. And I think she also won, she won a couple of awards for that book. And I think she also won like a National Book Award or something for her book that followed that. But um, I can't remember the details on that. But I'm going to read it, whatever it is. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I have two. Um, The first one is actually um, written by a friend of mine. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called The The Book of Tiny Prayers by Reagan Gabriel Mathis. And um, it's just, it's extremely personal. Just think of a prayer journal when someone is like leading a prayer for you. And they're talking to you. So that's what it's like. And um, it's so nice. It's so touching. And mm-hmm. it's very her. It's that very her. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yep. Um, very nice. It's really awesome. So, and she just released it, a, oh, maybe not even two months ago. Okay. But um, it's so, I don't even want to write in it. I feel like. <clears throat> I feel like I want to order another one that I can <clears throat> write in and just mm-hmm. keep this one. Mm. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's really cool. Exactly. Um, and the second book that I am finishing now is called The Cooking Gene. So oh. it's um, oh yes, I know who that you is. Know that one? Yeah, yeah. Michael Twitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm finishing The Cooking Gene, and it's really interesting. So it's a book about African American. Um, cuisine and where everything came from and why we eat the way we do and and especially mm-hmm. the why we eat the way we do in like different parts of the u.s mm-hmm. so um 
it's really interesting and he really goes deep into detail about african-american history and stuff like that and he's an interesting dude overall yeah. i don't know if you follow him on twitter but he does these reenactments from the slave perspective does he and no i didn't know that yes so more podcast fun there's <laughs> the nod yeah right which is, uh, I think, by Gimlet Media or something, but yeah. it's uh, a black man and a black woman. And so they have an interview with him. Oh, really? Uh, where um, she's interviewing him and talking to him about what he does and why he does it. Because he does these food tours, like, in yeah. that right. role. And it's really interesting. And he's also Jewish. He's, like, he's a wild dude. Wow. Like, very multi-layered. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Even so you got to listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next? Um, what song did you play on repeat in 2019? So I know it didn't get a lot of play, but I really did like Solange's album. Oh, um, girl. Well, who are you talking to? So you saw my pot. <laughs> Listen, you saw my you saw my Spotify stats. It was Solange all up and through. Yeah, so her her latest album, I did, the first listen, I was like, okay, this is good. I can hear, you know, like the musicality and everything. But just after a while, I just like got into my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, I could not stop listening to Overjoyed by Stevie Wonder. Hmm. No idea why. Just like sometimes like my head is just kind of empty and like a song will fill it. And more often than not, it was bad. So, like, Interesting. I, you know, I looked up all the lyrics. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I don't understand <laughs> the love that TV has had or has experienced or is experiencing. <laughs> I mean, those lyrics. Whew. So, yeah. Okay. Um, that song. I know um, I'm about, like, 45 years later, but it's girl, still. Girl, joint is timeless. Because every time, well, Stevie Wonder's As is on several of my playlists. And every mm-hmm. time I hear it, mm-hmm. it's the it's the long version. And I have to rewind mm-hmm. it several times. Mm-hmm. So I know yeah, I get it. No, Overjoy. I listen yeah. to it like. I don't know. Overjoy like makes me sad. Would. Yeah. Like I was Overjoy makes me sad, though. I don't know. The castles. I don't yeah. know. Like, Ballads I- make me. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it comes. That 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 staffiness, yeah. That emo. That emo. Kind of like perspective. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Okay. Um. I think mine was. Well, I looked it up. I looked it on Spotify, mm-hmm. and what uh-huh. I played the most was Solange Stay Flow. Okay. So how does that go? A little bit. It's the one um, that starts. Uh, hold up. Down, down, down to the floor. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very like it's very mood inducing. Yeah, song. and I it's feel like hypnotic. that plus my scent, my wife scent, <laughs> that just puts me in a place. <laughs> it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Absolutely. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. What podcasts did you enjoy the most? This is minus your regulars, but 
What podcast okay. did you enjoy the most this year? I love what I call a, pop, a capsule podcast. I don't know if there's a real term for it. It's sort of like those mini series mm-hmm. that are really just about a specific topic. Okay. And it's like maybe six to 10 episodes and like, that's it. Mm-hmm. So in terms of my non-regulars, I'm listening to Slow Burn, which is about oh. Tupac and Biggie. Yeah. Girl. So I think part of it also is like, I was a real huge magazine head. And so Vibe was like, you know, everything to me, Vibe, Dixon, Honey, all the, like that era. And so I remember a lot of what they're talking about and the people that they're mentioning. And I can see it in my head as I'm listening to it because I was a teenager. And, but there's like pieces of it that I didn't really understand. Like the whole... Tupac coming after Biggie and his like his thoughts that Biggie and Diddy were like out for him mm-hmm. and the way he internalized that stuff and that like yeah. it led him to Suge Knight it's just like damn it just kind of hurts to listen to because he's like this is going to end tragically obviously we know yeah. that but yeah. to see the lead up and also I think it's episode five that's about how he got faith involved Mm. Girl, that wow. is somebody's dissertation. Just like the use of the way faith was used as a pawn wow. by all of these men. And he or she already wasn't necessarily being done by Don Biggie. And mm. then Tupac is gonna go out there and like put in his songs and like set it up so that it looks very questionable. Wow. It's that episode alone is like wild from definitely like the black feminist perspective too. Hmm. But um, so that I'm really enjoying that one. It's not over yet, but um, yeah, it's it's like seven episodes in, so I feel confident in saying that that was definitely one of the top. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I guess we'll. It's hard to say minus my regular, but because I wrote this one down, I was like, well, this is a regular now. It's probably mm-hmm. going to be a regular for a long time, but mm-hmm. it's new. So Ratchet and Respectable. Oh, yes! That, first of all, yes! I okay, don't know. Do you know it's very hard to storytell by yourself on a podcast and still be interesting? Mm-hmm. Like, I've tried it and it's not my mm-hmm. thing. I know, I know mm-hmm. what my... <laughs> you know, I would I know what I'm are. yeah, I know what my strengths are, and that's not it. But I can listen to Demetria talk over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think it's her details and her storytelling, her voice. Mm-hmm. I'm very particular about voices. I love her mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. And yes. So she has yeah, it's definitely my top podcast for this year. It's so good. And I think also like if people had any exposure to her kind of pre the show that she was on and follow her and you have like these thoughts about who she is right but I feel like the podcast is definitely giving a whole other perspective Mm -hmm. on who she is and I'm just like finding myself really liking her more and more not that I never did not that I ever disliked her I'm just like no she's really she's really cool yeah. And she's got like a lot to say that makes complete sense. She does have a lot to say. <laughs> she does. But it's not, it's not like, okay, girl, nobody wants to hear that. Like she right. has a different 
perspective, particularly when she talks about relationships and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just like her perspective on relationships now is very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I really do like it. I'm over here just making another little drink. Sorry. Oh. Apologies for any clinkling ice. No worries. Um. So, what do you think the best scandal was in 2019? So, I got some uh, multiple choice for you. Mm-hmm. You got Jesse Smollett because that blew my mind. Woo! Okay, Girl, I still okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the college admissions. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the Chloe versus Jordan. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to like exhale deeply on that because each one of those is a whole other thing. Like Jesse, I gotta be honest, I still haven't processed that because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right? Like I just have a very hard time be- not even believing mm-hmm. what ultimately happened, but just like why? Yeah. But that's not my top. Jordan and Chloe, I refuse to make it my top mm. because fuck the Kardashians. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And the way she was like, you destroy my marriage. Like, girl, sit down. But I do think the whole like red table talk intermission was just made it a much more interesting yeah. scenario than previous Kardashian nonsense. But I'm going to go with a college scandal. Okay. And part of that is because in my role in compliance um, at an academic medical center, I do presentations on new employee orientation and we talk about the code of conduct. Mm-hmm. And so this is actually one that, uh, an example that we use. Mm-hmm. And it's, you've got everything. You've got fame, you've got money, you've got lying. You have like such yeah. blatant cheating. Yeah. You have people obviously not speaking up. And then you also have the hubris of somebody being like, I'm not guilty, lady. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, it's not shocking, I'll say, because we kind of know what money and access and fame does. Sure. But the intricacies of it is also really interesting actually there was a capsule podcast on that one too called gangster capitalism mm. that was a good one that was good. i just like to hear details yeah and yeah. so that that was good too so i i sent this to you before this came out so mm-hmm. you know there was a 16 year old that was kidnapped in the bronx right yeah so they Is found her yeah. Yes. Well, they found her. Girl, because she confessed to it being a hoax. <laughs> she set the whole thing up. It was staged. It, the whole story makes me upset. I'm, I think I'm really angry because there are really people getting snatched right now. And yep. Yep. now they're, they ain't going to bat an eye like, mm, well. They well. already don't. <laughs> Right, exactly. They already exactly. Don't. And so to just, uh, it is very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a terrible story. I, and I'm sure yeah. we're going to learn more about it. Yeah. I mean, because right now it's it's all over the place. Yep. 
Anyway, um, for me, I, I'm going to go with the Jesse Smollett because I, he got, that nigga got me really good. He got me really good. Like, girl, I was one of those people posted on Instagram. Just, oh my gosh, we need to come to his rescue. Oh no. Justice for Jesse. And then Jesse just played us all like fiddles. (laughs) <laughs> it was so unbelievable disturbing yeah and then just oh my god it was terrible <laughs> it's just terrible and mm. then he just like disappeared and everyone like in his corner didn't even know what to say it was like oh yeah shit. yeah you know what I mean? like i just think about people who are close to you what does harris howard say yeah what does Taraji say well, they, they were the gabberation. That's her homie. Yeah. She's safe. What did Journey do? It's so <laughs> much. much. I don't understand. And the thing is, he, like, of course, he ruined his, you know, his career, but he ruined, like, he, you know, you got a thousand siblings that also have careers, and people are going to come after them too. Like, right. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it is a blower. Yeah, I yeah. I still un- don't understand the purpose yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. didn't need attention. You are already on a horribly. I mean, you know, right? I mean, your show, your show is horrible, but people still watch it. <laughs> you had an album coming out or out. Yeah. You were doing performances, yo. What about the fact that he still did a live show? Like after it happened, but before um, mm. it was discovered yeah. what happened, he was like, you know, I ain't going nowhere, blah, blah, blah. Sir, listen, I guess if you didn't think he was a good actor in Empire, you sure as hell learned that for those couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Is he played the hell you're going to write a check. You're going to write a check to the. What? Okay. Oh. Right? I don't even understand why. That's the thing that just blows yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. What were you doing yeah. on that for? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, anyway, so what is the best new show out of three of the following? Okay. Okay, I was going to say it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Fleabag, Euphoria, or Russian Doll? Which one was your favorite? So those choices aren't my favorite favorite show but I'll choose a favorite out of those well these are the sense. new shows in 2019 but there's a new okay okay what, okay. what new show no isn't if you got more new? huh isn't Pose new Pose ain't new in season two though but so was Fleabag was it mm-hmm. oh shoot well Fleabag was new to me that's probably <laughs> <laughs> okay Okay, we I can throw pose. Flipping the script. <laughs> okay, we can throw pose in there. But, okay, so I tried to watch Russian Doll. It didn't work out. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, okay. I just couldn't stick with it. What was the okay. second one? Oh, uh, Euphoria. I, it's still on my list. Okay, I, I tried like to choose bag. like dark shows. Yeah. Like in the, the same. Fleabag, yeah. though, Fleabag was a joint. Fleabag was, yeah. First of all, you have a <laughs> low. That gives you like point five, <laughs> like extra five points, right? British. Then you've got this woman who 
she and her sister are just like so different mm-hmm. and her sister is just like a prat and she's just she's got her own shit about her but and then the um olivia coleman who played like her was having stepmom or something yeah like an asshole and then that priest i'm sorry he was very cute and charming and it was just (laughs) not disturbing i was just like what is happening here yeah yeah what is going on and why is it and for some reason i did not like the ending just in terms of i was let down because i thought maybe that's my Pisces. Oh, oh, you thought like, you thought they were some kind of end up together? Oh no, you know he couldn't be with her. Like she was really, I I believe that she was in it too. Oh, and she I, was right. I was hoping for her. Really, what it was? Mm. Yeah. No, she I was. knew. No, I thought it was uh, well with British shows. Sometimes I don't follow. Um, I have trouble following how fast they talk. Sometimes I don't understand what they're saying or the comedy, but this one, I picked it right up. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I liked her. I like her sarcasm first. It's, if you if you yeah. guys are going to watch, it's an extremely dry, dry show. Like, um, Harry, like, <laughs> <Denver>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I also just love things where people just kind of look at the camera like, can you fucking believe this kind of attitude, you know? Yeah. Yeah, does that a lot, which I do like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did like her camaraderie with the priest. I love mm-hmm. the writing. I loved when they mm-hmm. discovered that they liked each other at different moments. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, she knew up front, but then when he discovered that she was going to be a problem, I love how they wrote that in and his struggle, his struggles with his religion and her and his desire, mm-hmm. just like all of that. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so yep. good. It was so good. It was. Man. And I feel like you don't even truly have to see season one in order for you to understand season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Euphoria, it was a slow, it was, it was slow at first for me. I didn't, um, because I don't, there's a lot of things in this show that I don't connect with, but I was so curious about how things were going to turn out because it was so fucking dramatic. Like, everything was so intense like mm-hmm. what is going on with these kids why is everybody on drugs <laughs> i like i don't i just don't understand <clears throat> mm-hmm. but as i watched i was like oh oh these kids are good mm-hmm. they were they were so good like as far as like playing their roles uh-huh. <clears throat> because i would watch the um their little after show and they would talk about their oh, yeah. Yeah, them playing their roles and how they had to connect with it and how they had to connect with their um, acting partners. And I was mm. like, oh gosh, now I'm really attached. Mm. So I think mm-hmm. I'm attached to the entire cast. I like how they pulled, I forgot his name on the show. The one who was a drug dealer was kind of slow, the white boy. Mm. I um, haven't watched it yet. Oh shoot, you haven't watched it. Euphoria. No, but I've I read enough about it. Yeah. Well, they pulled him off the street. Yeah, they they pulled him off the street on some wire kind of stuff. And Ah, yeah, so they liked his voice and the way he spoke (laughs) and they liked his vibe. So they put him in the show. He was just like, I really didn't know what was going on, you know. (laughs) Right. So I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to vote for Euphoria. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Fleabag is awesome. I'm going to vote for Reef mm-hmm. for it though, because that mm-hmm. it, I was surprised <coughs> how, how much that captured me. Yeah. I, I keep wanting to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I gotta be in a headspace or something for that. I don't know why. It's it no, it's a dark show. It's dark no and it's druggy dark. and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, okay, I gotta <clears throat> be ready for that. Yeah, it's dark, and then you start to see some of yourself in some of these kids. Oh lord! Um, and I was <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> Unintended yeah. consequences. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> before, before, before we uh, do the next two questions, what kind of drink did you make? Oh, so knowing that I would be asked this question, <clears throat> I did try to do something a little bit different. And it's not anything that I personally made, but I was at this gourmet shop uh, in my building where I work and I saw a pineapple turmeric apple cider shrub whoa um and it has some some fizziness to it uh and so I just mixed that with some gin Mm. I just got my gin like really cold didn't put any ice in it really um and and did like a one to two ratio with the shrub and the gin. I'm in an inside that's a gin vodka. Oh, okay. But also, because I'm saving some to taste it with gin because I want to see if this one is different than the other. It's very tasty. I love it. It's like, um, it's not too like shrubs are drinking vinegar, which right. sounds yeah. just as bad as a drink with a whole egg in it but no it doesn't uh, <laughs> 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 but so it has like that acid uh, that acidity yeah. but um it's tasty okay so i'm enjoying that when I was at my um, office party earlier, I have a, a coworker who her new drink is the French 75 and oh, she's yeah. used to, she's used to it with gin. Mm. So she's never had it with cognac. So when she ordered mm-hmm. it today, you know, it mm-hmm. came out really dark. She was like, Oh, mm-hmm. this don't look like the regular one, but I'm going to taste it. So right. she tasted it. Right. She said, and then she looked at re- the receipt. She was like, oh, mm-hmm. they put Hennessy in this. I was like, oh, darling. <laughs> I was like, oh, darling. <laughs> they yes. can. Yes, they can. Right. <laughs> That's allowed. <laughs> right. Just take it. Enjoy the ride, honey. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> so did you come home and make one yourself? Um, I have a hot toddy. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, was a lot, I was around a lot of people today. And I'm really mm. not trying to get sick. I know so many people with the flu and I just can't even handle oh, it. Yeah, just germs all over the place. Um, yeah. So I'm sipping a hot toddy. All right, guys, these are our last few questions about the best of 2019. We're going to flip flop between Melissa and this world suite and we're going to wrap up the show. Cheers. Um, what are you looking forward to in 2020? I mean, 2020, mm. period. Like, I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Um, specifically doing better, being better, that kind of thing. Um, more travel, more wine, binging new shows on Netflix. Like I'm looking forward to all this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking forward to um, these things. 
Serena, what are you looking forward to? Um, well, 2020 is uh, the year I turned 40. So. <laughs> Oh my God, you said it aloud? Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm not afraid of my age. I'm not even a girl. <laughs> Please. Um, so I'm looking forward to see how everybody celebrates their 40th. Um, I doubt if I can go on everybody's, you know, celebratory mm-hmm. trip. Yeah. Um, hopefully I can make one or two. And um, yeah, figure out how I'm going to celebrate in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, 2020 is when I turned the big 50. Whoa. And um, I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do yet. It's kind of like, you know, see what, because, you know, all your friends are turning. Yeah, right. Your turn, what have you. So I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do to celebrate it. But it's the only, it's the only age where I've been like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is like serious in the heart of middle age. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can't you can't turn around and be like, I ain't middle age. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, backtrack that. <laughs> so yeah, uh I but well, I'm excited to see what twenty twenty brings. Are you gonna stay here or go somewhere? Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm planning, a, Vino 301 is planning cruise, a wine cruise. It's a European wine cruise to wine country. We leave from Rome, and um, it's not one of the big ships. It's one of the smaller ships, but it's not a yacht. Um, and so we leave from Rome. We sail to uh, Monaco, um, Nice, Marseille, am I saying that right? And then go to Barcelona, Spain. It's a seven-day cruise. That's a great so that will So that would be, yeah, that would be a birthday present to me. Oh, yeah. I'll keep it light. Um, I'm looking forward to my first family vacation. Yeah, where are you going? A woman of a certain age, but my I cannot think of the last time that my family like all and I say all and I'm talking about my parents and my sister and I. So it was like a total of four adults. <laughs> but we just never really gone anywhere like as a destination. Mm. So we are going to New Orleans um oh, during that's MLK. A great family trip. Yes, I'm super excited because We'll be there from Saturday, Sunday to Saturday. So we have like enough time. Mm -hmm. My sister found a really nice Airbnb where we all have enough space and everyone has their own bathroom. Mm. She and her boyfriend are coming with their two dogs. So it's truly going to be like a family situation. Oh, that's so nice. My dad... um, He's huge into jazz, and so he's always wanted to go to New Orleans. Mm. So I, I'm i the party planner, and my sister was all the logistics. So 
my job is to get my parents down there, first of all, because I don't okay. even know the last time those fools were on a plane. So <laughs> I'm like, I am coming to Baltimore to leave with y'all because I'm not okay, going to out, out there like Kevin um, <laughs> coming from home alone. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so um so yeah so i have like a jazz day planned where we're gonna do just like this tour that i made up of different hot spots and try to go out Franklin street and stuff and we're gonna do a swamp tour we're gonna eat good we're gonna just like i want to go to this um artist studio called studio b b e um it's a, a black owned studio in the Marjney section i believe and it's huge it's like a warehouse and he has um he's had lots of famous people come through but he seems very community oriented so i'm really looking forward to that so it's going to be a good time mm. so yeah oh, so that's awesome yeah that's my looking forward to in 2020 what are you going to do different in 2020 yeah that's i'll go for his silent time getting to know ourselves i'll have to um i have to say no a little more um because i've had this mindset of being flattered when people invite me to cover things or you know uh, come to tastings and you know not really and not really receiving any compensation for it Mm -hmm. um and so i've i think that i've been around long enough where I can say, no, thanks. I don't need to come to that. I don't need to be at everything. Um, so I'll definitely have to pick and choose um, what's going to benefit me a lot of times um, because that hasn't been the case. I've been trying to figure it out. Oh, how am I get there? And, oh, and where am I stay? Or, you know, or even if it's local, like, oh, am I going to take off? Like, is it worth all of this? Are you really benefiting from all of these you saying yes to everything and a lot of times you just you get home and you're tired and yeah. it's all for what facts, so, facts, facts, um, facts. and also i need to um i need to be better about communicating my expectations and that's mm-hmm. in various areas of my life but those are my two things so let me just give you a word of advice. I'm listening. I don't know what happens at 40, but the scales come off your eyes (laughs) and you are, you feel freer. I don't know you in your womanhood or what, but it is much easier for you to say a solid no at 40. And you really do start to appreciate your your own self worth. I understand exactly what you're saying, especially being in um, being a, an entrepreneur. You want to make sure that you have been seen and you are seen, and that people take you seriously in the craft that you have. Um, but there, I completely agree. There comes a point where you're like, I have um, paid my dues. Mm-hmm. I know my value and let's negotiate my value. 
and well, your value is non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And um, and in the beginning, you you know you kind of go, well, you know, should I say no? Should I like I have? And then after a while, you're like, no, I put too much stress on myself trying to do all of this and not really being rewarded properly or like negotiating like if I'm going to do this then I should have this type of endorsement behind you or what have you some type of um, credit for it but I I don't know what happens at the stroke of midnight when you turn 40 (laughs) but no becomes a part of your vocabulary and it's a solid no well thank you for that Thank you for that. I yeah, because I sort of feel it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even especially, especially the people who are closest to you. Oh right, right. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're like, it's easier for me to say no to a stranger because I don't have to mm-hmm. like see them later or deal with them later. Yeah. But with your family, you you really establish loving boundaries with them okay well there's like the real honest one but i'm not sure if i'm gonna really do it i'm gonna do i'm gonna make every effort to be more on time i'm terrible (laughs) i get it from my mama (laughs) my father used to joke she's gonna be late to her own funeral i feel like i'm not that far behind i'm gonna try to do better with punctuality and I also would like to find a way to be, um, uh, it's like, I want to, I don't want to journal journal, but I want to find a way to be more reflective, like the mm. out of instead mm-hmm. of feeling like it needs to be some big to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are two things that I would say. Mm-hmm. And also I make out of my hair. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that works. It's a cold right now to be going. It is. It is cold (laughs) all the way through it. Yeah, I need to figure out how to say no. You know, in my personal life too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the people closest to you don't know how drained you are. Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. and then well, and and that's because um, a lot of times I don't communicate expectations. So that's a whole another thing that I need to do. Right. I mean that's. Yeah. Yeah. And learn to say, Mm -hmm. I mean, learn to say that I'm unhappy with something and Mm. that this needs to change Mm -hmm. and I'll feel better about this if such and such happens. Like, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. tough Mm -hmm. conversations that I tend to run from. So, Mm -hmm. and um, according to Leslie on the show, it gets easier to say no at 40. So, so I'm like 49 months. I don't know <laughs> if it is easier, but I do think Candace is asking if I never got back to her because I've been like marinating on it. But there is a switch in your brain, I think, mm. that happens at 40 because personally, it sounds to me like, okay, we are at the halfway mark. Like, mm. like if I'm lucky, I get to be 80 maybe mm. longer I don't know but it like I never really felt 
30 was a huge deal though. Like when it came yeah. around, I was kind of like, oh boy. But I didn't have the same sort of like life plans that other people did. So I felt like I didn't have the same pressures. Mm-hmm. But at 40, <clears throat> I definitely feel like, all right, what is this for? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what is this going to be about? Because they mean that all the time in the world. <laughs> right? So, like, that switches. And then I do think some of that, like, I'm just going to say what the F I think because yeah. I don't have time for this. You know what That's, I mean? Like, yeah. not at a, I think it don't get real sassy until like 50. <laughs> I think the 40s are practice. If I just think about my mom's trajectory, oh, I think yeah. I think 50 came with the real sass. With it was okay. like I don't, but I think I mean she always had a little bit of a short tongue. But I do think that um, there is something. Yeah, what she said. Yeah. Okay. So we might need to check in with each other on that. Yeah, yeah. We need to check back in six months. Yeah. <laughs> See how yep. things are going. Mm-hmm. but um thank you for joining me this was fun you're welcome was that yes. the last question that was the last question yeah uh-huh. yeah okay all right nice I love it. no this it's, was fun yeah anything um you want to tell the people about your mixology coming up in 2020 um no new announcements at the moment although like i said earlier that um, I discovered there's a place here in Philly that, I mean, obviously there are multiple places, but there's a place that I'm really interested in going to to take more cocktail classes and mythology mm. classes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of on my um, my goal list this year is to seek that out, or if not, if that doesn't work out, something else. Just to be more formal with it. Yeah. People can contact me at any time at mixologist melissa at gmail.com and i can send a menu or we can talk about what people want um and i'll make sure that they get it um and so yeah just trying to be a, i think a little bit more routine okay with it uh whether it's for you know public consumption or not but just kind of like really honing in on like what i really like sure they're really good and like reflecting those and coming up with stuff like that but, Awesome. Well, for me, um, starting a new podcast, um, it'll be, um, it'll be probably spring 2020, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's about DC. It's about, and the podcast is called growing up DC. Um, Mm -hmm. you can follow me on Instagram. I already have an Instagram and Twitter. So I'm starting to start conversations because I want to touch on, um, DC as a whole is being black and it didn't, the podcast didn't start out black, but it became very black, very fast. Mm-hmm. As soon as the girl who, um, <clears throat> who created the logo, I, she, you know, she was asking for ideas and descriptions and what I envisioned. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be a black podcast. She was like, oh no, it's going to be a black podcast. So, <laughs> um, and I think, <laughs> so, I, but I think it fits because of the gentrification going on right now. Um, I like to really yeah. touch on what DC really feels and looks like. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to interview people from three different generations. So um, oh. let's see. Yeah. So I'm going to do 60 and over. And Uh then my generation, and then I have to find some young people that are like, I don't know, 25 and younger, 
Um, but I want three different perspectives mm-hmm. you know, of that's living, awesome. yeah, living and growing up in DC. So that's yeah. gonna be super cool. And yeah. yes, that'll be very interesting to see like what people had experience versus what they are experiencing. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. So, fun. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. And happy Feliz New Year. Navidad. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. I am just, I'm just grateful for the Swirl Suite um, listeners and followers and um, just the, like, the, the shout outs that people give us that you don't realize that, you know, they are listening and mm-hmm. um so i'm just thankful and so i want to say thank you for everyone who continues to support us and uplift us ditto took the words out of my mouth and i'm thankful for you guys you know i know it's like everybody has multiple things going on and it's life and it's all of these things but you know you're still here and i appreciate it well, thank you, Sarita. We love you too. <laughs> well, that's all, folks. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, all of those things. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful and safe holiday. Cheers. Cheers.